I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Yes, you got it right. And um, I'm with Emily and Gareth. Good morning. And um, you can text us on 8.12.15 about anything. I mean anything. We might not necessarily read it out, but it could be the most obscure thing, the most mainstream thing. It could be Cheryl Cole's dismissal, Mm. for example. I'm not saying we're going to talk about that, but... um, would it be true to say that the Americans... Uh, this is a joke coming, right? Yeah, so, okay. Gather, if anyone right. at home who's... Don't have a drink of tea just at the moment. I don't want to choke anyone. <laughs> just settle down. Swallow whatever you... Yeah, stop that. OK, relax. <laughs> Take ear cut. It's a joke. This is quite a build-up. Joke yeah. on the way. Yeah? The confidence of the man. No, well, I'm not that confident, but I, I know, just in case... It's a sort of joke that some people will think absolutely hilarious. And, uh, and some people... So, the Americans, could it be said that they've... Um, Ready? Mm-hmm. Could it be said? Could it be said? Let's get it right. Could it? Uh, the Americans. <laughs> could it be said that they've uh, sent coal to Newcastle? Oh. Okay, and relax. <laughs> How does that rate as a response from an audience? Oh. Uh, it's not one I'm unfamiliar with. <laughs> I like to operate in a complete vacuum of silence. <laughs> does Cheryl Cole live in Newcastle anymore? Or? But no, but her accent, you see, is, okay, yeah. Yeah. in she a way do, she's do, been exiled back to her roots. Yeah. So there's a, it's, it sounds like a very mainstream sort of thing you might get on, on a works email from the office joker. <laughs> you know that guy with the Homer Simpson tie? <laughs> that guy, who no-one actually likes. Um, it, it's an email you might get from him. Yeah. But um except there's a metaphor of being returned to Newcastle as if being dismissed because of one's um ethnic roots. Mm. Uh, it's rather clever really. It's multi-layered. It's not that clever. I I just thought um I didn't want it to go unnoticed I when I, I thought I think most of the jokes today I'm going to I'm going to uh, frame <laughs> ornately in that fashion. <laughs> Oh, it's so lovely to be here today. I am thinking it might rain, but who cares about that if you listen to it on the radio? Where you are, it might be smashing. Mm. I've uh, I've been out on the town this week in a fabulous uh, showbiz. And I have to say, I had an occurrence. Oh, dear. Are you all right? Well, I was, out, I was on the red carpet outside mm. the Garrick Theatre mm. um, in the, the West End of London... That's a um, thespy red carpet, slightly different. Very thespy. Mm. And uh, it was the opening night of Pygmalion. Oh, yes. And uh, so I was standing there, and I'd been invited by a friend, who's a f- female friend, who works in the theatre. So I arrived alone, and then they said to me, uh, various paparazzi, people went, Frank, 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 for photographs, you know. <laughs> so I stood there, and I said to her, oh, you come on, you know, get in the photographs. And I stood with a, did photographs with this woman. And, um, and then one of the photographers, as, as it subsided at the end... Mm. And, and and being photographed by the paparazzi is a bit like kissing. You want to be the one who breaks away first, ideally. You don't want to be there for the last flash and then and then relax in just normal light and then leave. And then you, you hear Trevor as Trevor McDonald comes up behind you. Exactly. And I don't want, you know, who, who got a BAFTA for um, being able to read out loud on um, 
So congratulations to Trevor if he's up. I shouldn't think he's up before about one. So no, he's quite loose. Yeah, it's quite loose. Um, so anyway, so as as I was leaving, this the, one of the paparazzi is quite a, a sort of a, if you can imagine a down at heel daddy war box type <laughs> of figure, he says to me, um, oh, you can take your daughter inside now. <gasps> and I laughed and I went in and I started watching Pygmalion and about 20 minutes in I thought, hold, hold on, hold on a minute. For all he knew, that could have been my girlfriend or wife. Yeah, well, exactly. And then it would have been... It was actually a, a terrible, scathing yeah. insult. It could have caused a lot of problems. And isn't it horrible when you don't realise the insult until after it's too late to do anything about it? Mm. So uh, Try living with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's... Um, shall I? <laughs> oh, go on. No, I don't want people saying, take your mother inside now. <gasps> oh, it was a joke. You better oh, hurry. Goodness. Me and David Baddiel <laughs> coming at you this morning. <laughs> But it was it was it was very fine in in lots of other ways. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Cara Toynton. Cara Toynton. Now she's what I call STH. Do you know what that stands for? I hope it's not a very badly put together uh, anagram. No, STH. it's surprisingly talented hottie. Yes, because well, she's actually a very good actress. I have to say she was ve- she was a very good uh, Eliza Doolittle in the uh, mm. in Pygmalion, and I spoke to her. After- I did a strange thing actually because she had a mirrored dress on. A dress oh. with proper sections of actual glass mirror. Mm, very directional. I mean, how you'd how you'd wash something like that? I, I, I don't know. I imagine it's sort of <laughs> two parts Lenore, one part Winderling. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I spoke to her, and I realised as I was spe- I was absent-mindedly. Um, I'd just had a, 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 a what, what are they, what do they call those little hors d'oeuvres? Canapes. Can- I had a canapé. Yeah, canapes. And uh, it had a mint leaf in it. I ate the lot. I don't care. I thought mint leaf, lovely. I won't have to clean my teeth now. <laughs> but of course, it left quite. You know, they leave. It can leave quite a bit of green in the teeth. Mm. And I found, well, especially I, in your teeth, right? Well, no my, te- my teeth hold food like, um, mm. like um, <laughs> Birmingham teeth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, as I was speaking to her, I caught myself absentmindedly checking my teeth in her dress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's altogether polite, is it? <laughs> And what a strange coincidence, because um, someone told me that they'd been for dinner with Michael Stipe once, <laughs> and at the end of the meal, he'd picked up a knife and checked his teeth in the knife. And I, I met Michael Stipe, and I asked him about this. Oh. He said, oh, yeah, he said, I learnt that from Audrey Hepburn. And, of course, Audrey Hepburn played Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, and the whole thing comes round in my end is my beginning, as I believe T.S. Eliot said. Mm. Well, Is that how think... he puts... You know how Michael Stipe has just a thin line of blue makeup across his eyes? Mm. Is that because he uses the knife? <laughs> and he thinks, oh, I've done it all now, but that's, <laughs> that's the only bit he can see. I think, I, I think he actually goes paintballing in a burka. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, we've had some texts in already what, this morning. On 8, 12, 15... Uh, Frank, it's a good thing you didn't realise the comment by the paparazzi was an insult straight away, or you may have snapped. Oh! <laughs> They're off. Very good. Um, we've had a... Um, this is from the iPhone user app. We the don't need to know app. how they sent it, darling. <laughs> what's, what's that a, is that a pub? <laughs> Very poorly named pub. And it's a bit of a last-minute thing. What are we going to call it? Oh, um... Hold on, what's in my pocket? The iPhone user app. Arms. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi everyone, please mention the Rugg family in Sweden. 
Have a great day. Who's that, that from? That, that's from Barry Rugg. Barry Rugg? Oh, it's been a while. What? It's been a while. Uh, we don't normally do those, Cops. We mention them. In what, in what context? <laughs> actually, is... actually, I think it's... It says Absolute Radio 80, 80s... I think it might be Absolute 80s. Uh, well, he sounds quite. He sounds more sev- absolute seventies, Barry Rugg. <laughs> we don't, we don't get many uh, Barrys these days. Many, if, if, if Barry Rugg walked in on his wife and she was with another man, <laughs> would he pull the rug from under him? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. You won't hear that. He's listening to Absolute Eighties now. He's probably boogieing on down to Howard Jones. Bit of Lamar, uh, Frank. We've had a correctione from John. <laughs> oh. Hi, Frank. There's no such word as paparazzis. Paparazzi is the plural of paparazzo. Good story, though. John, that's your um, manager. Well, if that was a good story, what's Beowulf? What's uh, Gawain and the Green Knight? What's the pearl? Anyway, thanks for that correction. So, it's pa- so if I said there's more than one paparazzi, I say there's paparazzo. I think you'd sound awful if you said that. I'd stick to how you were. I went. I was in a cafe with a man once who ordered due cappuccini, an English man. And I at least he didn't been. say ca- cup of chino. Cup of chino. I have heard that. I'd, I'd be happier with that. I prefer ignorance to grandness. I don't like drinking trousers. <laughs> Cup oh. Chino. It's cup of ch- a Chino. He's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, no, he's actually on fire for anyone <laughs> But don't, don't worry, it's going to be, uh, everything will be fine. Um, Paul O'Grady was at the opening night at Pygmalion. Oh, was he? Oh, yes, he was. And, um, now, you get on quite well with him, don't you? Well, we have a common, we have a common love. Northern canines? Um, no. Oh, OK. Um, Popeye. Really? Yeah, he's we're both big Popeye enthusiasts. <laughs> well, what do you know? How wow. did you How did you discover this? Well, Al Murray was uh, he was our go between. Oh, he got involved. Yeah, because apparently Paul O'Grady mentioned uh, Popeye to him. I think he actually mentioned olive oil, but it's a terrible misunderstanding. <laughs> and uh, and Al Murray said you should talk to uh, Frank Skinner. He's a big Popeye fan, and so we uh, we bonded over oh. that. Hmm. I like it. Who'd have thought? Paul yeah. O'Grady be it's quite surprising I'm quite a fan of O'Grady though yeah oh god he's, he's, he's a legendary figure now mm. and um, my old dresser was there Ray, Ray? I, I did a play in the West End at the Whitehall Theatre and um, in the in the second half at one point a woman forces me to cover myself in tomato puree I'm just there in, in my pants oh. and I cover myself and she makes me go right down below and completely cover them in the audience don't, but I you know I, so I'm plastered and then I had to be, do a quick scene change so I'd race into the wings and Ray my dresser who was one of the gayest men I've ever met I mean you know it's a good thing did but, he have spectacles on a lanyard well he called the section that he, he kept in he called it um, fruit corner <laughs> but anyway I, well I would race in and he would set about me with wet wipes and I'd do the under the pant area and oh, he'd, he'd do the rest of me yeah <laughs> And I said to him, I said, on the last night you can do the whole thing. I said, it's better than a card, isn't it? (laughs) And uh, he was there, he was telling me about how he'd worked with a a comedian who, and they were doing like a pantomime, it wasn't going at all well, very quiet crowd. And the audience said, and the comedian said to him, oh God, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to ask for a round for the police. And he said, what? 
He said, yeah, that's what you do with a quiet crowd. So he stopped the action, he stopped the pantomime midway through, walked to the front and said, let's just take a moment out, ladies and gentlemen, to think about the police. What a brave... What brave people they are, what a great job they do. Let's give them a round of applause. And everyone gave them a round. And after that, he said they were fine. <laughs> That's very good. I'm going to write that down. Well, I should, somewhere, probably just after the nine o'clock news, you'll probably, anyone who stays with us, will can hang around for when I ask the entire listening audience <laughs> to applaud the police. Frank, t- too much info for breakfast time, Frank. Stay above the pant line until after the nine o'clock watershed, please. I, I think that's fair enough. I apologise profoundly. Mm. Stay above the pant line. That's a, that's a slogan and a half. I went to see. A, I went to a sci-fi talk at the British Library this week. William Gibson was there, great mm. writer, and he he said um, the the slogan for for the human species should be, "Who knew?" <laughs> I love it. Frank, we've had a text in from 131. Would the police interlude in the panto be called a cop-out? <laughs> oh. I've him Gareth for this. He's, 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 led, he's led our listeners astray. I so I'm taking no responsibility him. for that at all. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, can I discuss something with you guys? One of my oh, not mounting that. obsessions we're, this we're week. Working. <laughs> we're working. <laughs> One of my mounting That's obsessions this week yes. has been... Uh, Everest. <laughs> JLS. Sessions Can I tell you why? Man. Because I saw them popping up at the Chelsea Flower Show, which I thought was extraordinary. Yeah, you never know. It's, um, it's been on telly all week, the Chelsea Flower Show. Like, it's a really massive deal. Yeah. It's a flower show. And JLS, do you imagine that they're... Uh, they're not flower fans. I, I don't see them as horticultural figures at all. Although I imagine that they went there specifically to buy... You know those flowers that you get that dance if you play music? <laughs> you ever see those at shops? Bet, do you know the ones where they play music and they just wobble about? In fact, JLS have stolen their act, you could argue. I bet they were, I bet they were looking high and low. Have you got any of those? Hey, man, you got any of those uh, in it? Any of those uh, in it flowers what dance when you play like the music? That's what they would be saying. What I didn't like, Frank, in some of the photographs... They, they the woman had... on, sorry, woman behind the store saying, you have the neatest hair I have ever <laughs> seen. I mean, is it drawn on? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that, because one of the Daily Mail online users, who are some oh, of yeah. my favourite demographic are in, nestling around in there, they've said, love these boys, hard workers, first-class behaviour, first-class role models. Really? Yeah, <laughs> first-class behaviour. I don't know if we could. Yeah, say you think that. they'd have been bright enough not to sign it, JLS. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin off of JLS. Yeah. But no, I did. Ma- you know the names. Oh yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you what I found disturbing: the sort of jacket, the detail of the jacket flapping into the gypsophilia. They weren't properly uh, yes, dressed. Yes, I've always found that. <laughs> You've seen that film too. <laughs> I had a very confusing conversation, just to remind me of, with my manager. He was on about the fact that someone he knew was reading a book and, and uh, making notes on it. Let's say her name was Suzanne. I'll change it to protect the innocent. And I said, I'd love to see Suzanne's marginalia. And there was a, a terrible <laughs> pause at the other end of the film before he, he worked it out and realised what my... I felt tense and I knew I hadn't said anything wrong. Oh. Anyway, back to the Chelsea Flower Show. Yeah. So I just thought that was quite strange. And then... I noticed there was another strange sighting. Kim Jong-il, the Korean leader, he... Oh, but yeah, I think he, uh, 
He likes a cactus. <laughs> no, he wasn't at the Chelsea Flower <laughs> Show. I was going to say, he would have been a surprise turn-up. Yeah. Oh, you know, a girlfriend bought me a cactus back from holiday once. Oh, yeah. And it was in a box, and she said, look what I've got, and it was beautiful. And I said, that's lovely, and I put it on the table, and a spider came out of it the size of an iPhone. <gasps> uh, one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me. Oh, fine. I think it was a plot. <laughs> anyway, Kim, Kim, no, Kim Jong-il... Is it Jong or Young? I don't know, but I'm sure our listeners will tell oh, let's us. Let's call the whole thing our beloved leader. <laughs> he was in a supermarket buying salad dressing, <laughs> which I found extraordinary. Oh, I read about this. I read about it. Yes. And I'll tell you when I read about it. It's because it said... Yeah. It had a thing about his eating habits, Kim Jong-il, <laughs> and it says it doesn't eat eel. I'd eat, I'd eat eel just, just for the pun. But he, um, he doesn't like anchovies on a pizza. Oh. Which is the polar... I knew there was lots of things me and Kim Jong-il didn't have in common. <laughs> but I cannot eat a pizza without anchovies. I mean, to me, a pizza without anchovies is not a pizza. It's like, it's like a Grand Prix without an accident. What's, what's the point? <laughs> the and good, he, he, won't eat, he won't touch them. The good thing is he's very laid back, though. I don't think he'd have a go at anyone if they brought him the wrong pizza. Oh, he doesn't no, strike no. me as the type <laughs> Oh, no, he'll say, no, it'll do. Don't worry about it. Fabulous glasses... Yeah, so a prosecution good. lawyer in Crown Court, those sort of glasses. <laughs> I think it's a bit like, um, who, what, who was the name of the uh, judge? George Ito in yes. the O.J. Simpson. He liked a big spectacle. <laughs> he was the one when the woman said, uh, she said, the, the prosecution says, what radio station were you listening to when you heard the noise? And she said, oh, KVJF. And he went, oh. and the judge went, classic rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no British judge ever would do that. And also, apparently, when he has rice, he'll only have it if it's cooked uh, over the burning wood from a sacred mountain in um, in Korea. Oh, I thought I was high wow. maintenance. Exactly. <laughs> I read once that um, Joe McEldry will only um, have toast cooked <laughs> over wood from judges' houses. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. Apparently, um, I think they like Chinese food in North Korea because apparently China is their closest ally and provider of significant amounts of food aid. Yeah. The thing is with um, Chinese food aid is it fills you up for a while, but then after a while you need some more. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I've been to Korea. In fact, yeah. I have straddled North and South Korea with one mighty sort of spread eagle leg stance. Wow. Bring mm. them together, that's a beautiful image. Yeah. You can see all the soldiers at the other side looking back at you. I mean, they're just in their pants, they're North Koreans, they've got nothing, nothing sticks. Um, but yeah, and, and just over the border, there's this, you can see a city, and when you look through the binoculars, it's, it's 2D. It's, mm. They've just built it out of boards to look impressive. Anyway, these aren't interesting oh, or funny things. Potemkin, that's called the Potemkin Village. Yes, your Potemkin Village. <laughs> what about that? Anyway, well, I'd, I'd like to know what curious locations our listeners have spotted celebrities oh, in. Cause it's all very well I've got seen loads. Um, at, at the opening yeah, yeah. night of Pygmalion. Yeah. I know you've got loads. I once saw, um, Not all in my apartment. Teddy Sheringham in Essex coming out of a co-op with Bakewell Tarts. <laughs> very good. What, Bakewell Tarts from um, Box Fizz? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, well, I'm, uh, that's a f- fabulous story. Frank on radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio.
Radio. Well, we were talking about spotting celebrities in obscure places. Yeah, in what about places. this? I mean, yeah, I was in a small cafe, a tiny cafe, not even like a, a, a flashy cafe, the sort of cafe you might have, um, say, uh, a pie and chip. Fry out, maybe? Yeah, in yeah. Sirencester, oh, in yeah. Gloucestershire. And uh, Gary Kemp oh. came in. Spandau Ballet. Oh. <laughs> and um, the, um, the other one, is it two Kemp brothers, isn't it? Yeah. I thought you were referring to Tony Hadley, who's a friend of the show, as no, the no, other no. one. Uh, he means no. that, that, yeah, not Martin. Martin. Not Martin yeah. Kemp. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gary Kemp, so what, we sat yeah. and uh, chatted, um, you know. Did you? Main, mainly about the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> But um, and then I think I, I think I caught asked him if he'd like to applaud the police. <laughs> but no, he's a, not, he's a very nice chap. He's not a fan, apparently. He's a nice chap. Um, Tony in a bun shop in Cambridge. Tony all... in a bun shop, I know. Oh yeah, who are all Gareth celebrity spots patisserie related? <laughs> oh, I thought that was a spot. Mm. Tony in a bun shop. <laughs> I was going to think. Can you be a little bit more specific about the, the celebrity? Tony, Tony I was Hadley. Thinking, yeah, Tony Hadley, Tony Benny. That would make some sense if Tony Hadley was seen in the bun shop. <laughs> <laughs> it would explain a lot. Yeah, I thought he'd swallowed an airbag. <laughs> uh, I, uh, sorry, my nose is making a loud noise. Mm. I know it's all right. Oh, it's like Gareth Kissing. <laughs> Gareth Kissing, what happened to him? <laughs> Didn't he used to be the Foreign Secretary of the United States of America? Oh, that was Henry no. Kissing. Frank 131, I used to regularly see Roy Walker running on the treadmill in the gym of the P&O cruise ship Oceana. Really? Yes. <laughs> I don't imagine Roy Walker as a as a jogging type. Well, no, it's Roy Walker. Roy Slow Talker Walker. That's <laughs> if you imagine he's like also Roy Slow Walker Talker, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I saw, um, well, this is an odd one. I was watching, you know those cop shows they have on satellite um TV, mm-hmm. where it's people like drunks getting arrested in the street on a Saturday night, and they, they they sort of pixelate their faces and that, and the cop was saying, you know, right, come on, Sonic, oh, God, take the pair of you, and all that kind of stuff. I was watching one of those, yeah, and one of the people that they um, they stopped in the street was Eric Bristow, <laughs> the darts player, <laughs> on a sort of a you know cop action. <laughs> The, the, That's so brilliant. The bad streets or something like that. It was called Eric Bristow had an argument with someone in the street. Well, he's quite bad tempered, Eric Bristow. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That. Um, one of my favourites, Frank. I saw Martin Degville from Zig Zig Sputnik. Do you remember oh, them? Yeah, yeah. He was on a beach in Greece, and he was. It, it wasn't working for him because he had all these dreads <laughs> and the piercings. Did I he think have maybe a, boots, maybe DM boots on the beach as well. Did he have the netting fingerless <laughs> gloves? You know, he used to wear a netting fingerless glove because it's not it's not a sun thing that you want, is it? You don't want to take them off at the night and you've got all the web work <laughs> in, in brown and white on your hand. That would be... You'd, you'd look like a Pringle sweater. This is um, a text from 184. I've just seen Ben Fogel in my local park, park with his toddler and dog, Janet. Oh, and he's with his toddler and dog. Janet, oh, like London. Okay. I was going to say, I oh, like the idea that Ben Fogel's dog was called Janet. <laughs> and how did this woman know? Does it have some sort of name tag? Or did, he, did she hear him going, uh, Janet, <laughs> come on now, come away from that. And C- can okay. I have a, a, little, a little confession corner? Okay. I'm not quite totally certain who Ben Fogel is. <gasps> 
Ben Fogel. He's um, Laura's a big fan of Ben Fogel. That doesn't that's, help. That's not helping the identity. <laughs> no, he, he, for all he, I know, he, he was, was on, in Castaway originally. Yeah, he was on Frank, Castaway. That's which why was he the was middle famous. class reality show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Castaway hasn't been on for about ten years. I think. No, but he's oh, made it. He's made it ever so big since then. He does as country, what Country File or Country ben Watch Fogel. with Gwen <laughs> Humble. He does a show. He does something with Gwen Humble. And sort of news. Right, so he's on. Doesn't like, he tumble pop? He's on a program about. <laughs> <laughs> he's on a program about a zoo. Oh my god! I've no idea who he is. I'm uh, going to Google him. <laughs> Let's put some adverts yeah. on. I can show me some Google images. Fogel, you say? <laughs> Did he used to live in Fogel's Wood? We only have this excellent. This is Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Hmm. Um, Natasha said, "I saw." Um, I swore at Pat Sharp at a cash point in Edgware where he tried to push in front of me and said, do you know who I am? He never said that. Apparently so. He's, that's a risk, isn't it? At a cash point? <laughs> he's, a, he's a walking quiz. He is. Quite a tough quiz as well. <laughs> yeah, I say, that's, a, that's mastermind. <laughs> Wait, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. Come in. Oh, God. Well, maybe him, him and Ben Fogel, I'd be, out, I'd be out in the first round. <laughs> maybe he urgently needed money. I'm just uh, saying. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he had amnesia. <laughs> uh, Frank, we've had some more curious cele- curious locations for celebs. <laughs> I saw Russell Grant-, Grant at the Bomber Shack in. I'm worried. British- I'm already worried. <laughs> what is that? It's a bar in the British Virgin Islands. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. what BVI stands for. Well, I um, hope so. Yeah, yeah. It looks like quite a <laughs> intri- dodgy place. Does it? Mm. Yeah, but he's, I imagine he's a party animal, Russell, mm. um, Russell Grant. I can imagine mm. him in a sort of in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> oh, I can as well. You need to imagine what, him. Just, just in a Hawaiian shirt? You can imagine him in? <laughs> I can imagine him in a bomber shack, I certainly... Hey, we spotted him, him in fun. Soho. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. But not Russell Grant. Yeah, although to be fair, I would have imagined him maybe to be there, so that, that wasn't a strange place to see him yes. in Soho. Um, I've got the right blood. This is the one from that's in the remake of Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> now Russell Grant I haven't seen him for years mm. oh, he's been at the Bomber Shack oh, right. their legendary monthly lunacy parties adults only um, Tony Hadley at McDonald's someone's texted in about seven times about that <laughs> I think that's, that's some sort of veiled <laughs> gag isn't it it's not separate sightings <laughs> <laughs> I like that we've had a whole rush. Poor old Tony Hadley suddenly become the our um, default fat man. I was, I, went, I was in East Finchley yesterday, and I saw. Are you reading this, or is no, this, this your This is a okay. true story. And I, I saw a McDonald's sign, mm. and I thought, oh, that, I'll get a quick burger because I was late for something. Imagine, <laughs> and um, it was um, they had the McDo- like the lit up McDonald's sign, but when I went, it was the offices for McDonald's. Oh. It wasn't actually a McDonald's at all. What a, and they still had the Golden Arches? Yeah. Mm. I bet they That's get loads of people going in there. Yeah. In I bet re- they, into reception. I bet they do. Well, how many stars do they wear in the office section? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they must have a general pattern in there. I think they should have to serve food if they've got the arches up. Well, they should have a few spares for yeah. people who are confused. I'd agree with that. Oh, as if I get the urge, I, um, mm. I go to... Um, Burger King. Anyway. I'm glad we're on the subject of burgers, because did you see the barbecue at number 10 this week? I thought that was, I thought it was going to be a long analysis of um, Rodan's <laughs> The Burgers of Calais sculpture. No, I they're one of my favourites. Inappropriate. Um, did you see the burger flipping? I didn't no, like I it. Did. What was You know, it? Obama was over here and there was this big visit, so they did a big PR stunt, essentially, didn't they? Well, he did a lot of that stuff. Mm. I, I, I thought he was above that. 
Mm. I, he's, he's really... He's, I mean, you know, he was an heroic figure. And now he's playing doubles table tennis with David Cameron. That, for me, is worse than anything Ryan Kicks did. <laughs> Can I just say, saying that out loud has made, made, sent a shiver through my body. There was a little part of it that, that thought, that, that is all right now, isn't it? That's perfectly OK to say. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't like the... I mean, for me, he might as well have turned up at that barbecue in a stockings and suspenders apron. <laughs> I didn't like the rolled-up sleeves and no. the ties dangling in the beef patty. Never it was works. horrible. Never it's works. like salesman at the Ideal Home exhibition. Didn't like that. No, I, I just think he, he does. You don't want him doing stunts. You know that moment. Remember when you saw Keris Matthews for the first time when I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, and thought, oh no, yeah. no. That's what I'm feeling about Obama now. He started to do publicity picture things with Cameronian. Yeah. No good. Yes, it's a shame. I have they, um, to say that. Sorry? They, in their two hours of crunch talks, they had 30 minutes alone. Like, just by themselves. They I had crunch that, talks at the they're, barbecue? They're crunch- <laughs> <laughs> I thought they obviously overcooked it. <laughs> the lettuce. Yeah, they had a big debate. How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, that was completely charred. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I th- oh, you're sorry. You make me sick. <laughs> Kim Jong-il turned up looking for the dressing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it must be weird when they said, so um, now's the time for you two to be alone. Oh, yeah. It must be a bit awkward. I ate it when that happened at the barbecue. Be, why do we have to be alone? I, um, I now realise recently, I used to get invited to barbecues all the time. Mm. All the time. I mean, not all the time. Summer. <laughs> yeah. This summer, it's been a beautiful summer. I think you'll agree. I have not had one invite. And I still started thinking about it. And I thought, hold on, I didn't last summer either. Something oh. has happened. I can't remember what it is. I think, you know, I, I, as you may know, I, uh, I'm anti-bonfire uh, night because mm. of my uh, okay. Roman Catholic allegiances. Mm. And I think that that has got twisted around and people think that I don't like barbecues that's what I think I think it's Chinese whispers <laughs> in case you don't know Chinese whispers are whispers with no concern whatsoever for human rights oh just let him finish whistling that was Happy Mondays with Step On it's a great track, that, though, isn't mm. it? It's really... It's, it, it's lifted me up. Mm. Whereas if we played um, Lift Me Up by Jerry Halliwell, <laughs> I'd step on it. Oh, so, I thought you were a big weird? fan of her work. No, I do. I like Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> She's, uh, she is the best Spice Girl. Mm. She's, mm. You know, I beg to differ. Do you? Mm. Victoria Who's Beckham fan. Can you believe oh. this is... May 2011, <laughs> we're talking about our favourite Spice Girl. That's how topical this show is. Um, Limey. 131 has texted in about... 131's um, texted in all morning. Don't think I don't remember a number, because I do. <laughs> um, about Obama and Cameron. No wonder all those politicians went to the barbecue. They're used to grillings. Which um, um, David Cameron did that joke on the day. Oh, did he? Actually, yeah. You tell said, I mean... It's probably the first time in history I can say a British Prime Minister has given an American president a bit of a grilling. Oh. Which sounds like quite a nasty accident that happened. Yeah, maybe that did happen. Mm. <laughs> um, well, with a big bandage you don't on, want to be very upset. You don't want to be uh, seeing David Cameron as your, as your comedy uh, mentor. <laughs> 131. Is it 131 or 130? 131. 130. Yeah, 130. He's the younger brother, isn't he? <laughs> I saw that... Uh, did you see that Obama... Um, 
He said, uh, I, when he spoke at the House of Commons, he said, I've been told that the last three speakers to address the House of Commons has been the Pope, the Queen and Nelson Mandela. He mm. said, which is either a very high bar or the beginning of a very funny joke. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, Barack, if it's the beginning of a very funny joke, let's see the end of it. Nothing. Well, exactly. It's here, he's lost it. Yeah. So I thought, um, it's, a jo- it's a joke coming here now. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you finish it off for him then? <coughs> let's just get ready for this. It's a joke coming. So I thought, <coughs> what about this? Mm, mm. Um, he could have said, I've been told the last three speakers to address the House have been uh, the Pope, the Queen and Nelson Mandela. So I guess it's a nice change to hear from someone whose bath doesn't have a door on it. <laughs> I think that would have gone really well if he'd have done that. Oh, thought, I, get, I like it. He's edgy, he's a bit yeah. edgy, Darren. <laughs> and he's thought that through, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Did he ask me? No, he didn't ask me. No. No, he's too busy playing table tennis <laughs> in the doubles. That's what maybe that's what we should have done. We should have had uh, him and uh, Nelson Mandela on one side and the Pope and the Queen on the other. I- I've arrived at those teams completely randomly. Yeah. I'm happy to mix them up. I worry about the Pope and the Queen, though. Same dress nightmare. Yeah, there used to be an old joke, didn't there, about the Pope and the Queen on the balcony? And uh, she s- says... Um, watch this and she waves a hand and the crowd go mad and she says there you go with one wave of my hand I cause an absolute sensation mm. and he says I could cause uh, an even bigger sensation with just one with, with one nod of my head and she says go on then he headbutts her <laughs> <laughs> remember that Joe? no but I like it okay. of course they're both the heads of different churches aren't they the Queen and um, the Pope um, yeah mm. Mm. I was thinking religion of that on absolute radio a, <laughs> the joke but I couldn't think of anything well, that's alright don't feel mm. bad about it what else? So um, you may know that my good-looking brother Josh is um, away in New York at film school. God, he's got the he is the golden boy, isn't he? I I didn't realise. Hold on a minute. Well, I mean, he's come Hold on, on a minute. <laughs> I I may not have the looks. <laughs> you do call him your good-looking no, brother. No, you may not. But <laughs> I attempted to get in touch with him when I was in New York, and he was too good-looking to text me back. That's what Gareth said. That's the problem with being that good-looking. I mean, I I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as an outsider. But, yeah, he must be, you know, he's busy, I would imagine. He's very yeah. busy. Mm. Well, he's saying he's busy on his course, but my mum my mum is quite an avid Facebook watcher stroke spy. Mm. She oh, trawls okay. Facebook for details of um, her children and what they, what Josh might be getting, because he doesn't keep in touch very much. He's still good-looking, but... Mm. Um, this week she hit the mother load. Oh, you can oh imagine dear. him sitting down, sitting down <laughs> to write an email and thinking, "No, I'm too good looking." I'm just, <laughs> sorry, she hit the mother load. She um, discovered a group of photographs <gasps> that a young lady had put on her Facebook um, site, and these photographs were open to the public, so anyone can look at these photographs. Okay, I've immediately gone off on her. Um, Hold on, the envelopes. So I've handed out envelopes to you. Oh, yes, I've got my envelopes. And those envelopes are a selection of the photos that (gasps) were on this website. Oh, Frank, have you opened yours? I'm open. Oh, this is a bit like the BAFTAs. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner is... Oh, oh, my God! Ooh. (laughs) It's like the last days of Rome. (laughs) (laughs) So when Frank saw me printing these photos (gasps) out, I was trying to do it secretly, but you asked if I was looking at pornography. Haven't I seen and, uh, you in that shirt? <laughs> Does your mum buy yeah. bulk at Christmas? I have seen him in that shirt, but guess what? He's not in that pose. No. Well, uh, I think it's young people uh, enjoying themselves, isn't it? Oh, Frank, yes. these are extraordinary. It looks like one of, you know, one of those adverts when there's a, at the end of it you see a pair of frilly pants with gonorrhea written on it. <laughs> 
Do you remember I mean, those adverts? Oh it looks like one of those. Bye. I always found them strangely <laughs> enticing. No, but that's the thing Bye. about being. I went in Marks and Spencers. They said we don't. We took. We don't have them. They'll get out. <laughs> the thing about him being good looking is that they do they do work these photos I think they well, do no, look like a, a I, shoot I, I'm not happy with these hair He's I was going to say do you know what I find reassuring hair. the hair's not looking good in one of these photos no it's a bit no, it looks bad. a bit um, Jarvis Cocker yeah. you know that uh, no shampoo since about 98 mm. that kind of look the pictures of him get it, kissing a young lady mm. and um yeah, you say kissing and biting. The lip biting is what makes it like a little lip. bit too... I mean, we've all bitten our lip in, in certain <laughs> situations, but not other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he must have been, you know, said something awkward and bit her lip. Yeah. Um, the thing, my mum, is this lady has uh, some piercings mm. and yes. a tattoo. <laughs> and my mum was like, oh, he's hanging around with people with tattoos. And that's the thing with people with tattoos. You start hanging around with them and then you think it's OK to have tattoos. Well, she's... I mean, she's probably right. <laughs> I, I want to know... How did you... Because this isn't on your brother's Facebook, no. it's on someone... How did she find... So, this um, girl had made friends with my brother on Facebook, and then they have updates on Josh's Facebook thing, saying, um, Josh recently made friends with these people, and so she well, clicked so she's on these individuals. Yes. That's some deep search. Search. Mom, That's she'll, deep. she'll click a link <laughs> <laughs> and think nothing of it. This is... Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I, I'm kind of fascinated by Garrett's mom investigating Facebook. I, I, I kept my parents at, at a distance when I was a, a young man as far as my private life was concerned. My dad used to say to me, he said, you're as deep as the ocean. Did he? We used to communicate mainly by sonar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell him anything. Don't mean there were moments, you know. Didn't you? Didn't they pry ever? The, they sort of stumbled across, you know. I remember that conversation. Never bring another one of those magazines into this house. <laughs> it was on his only Condé Nast traveller. That's what I said it to my a, dad. It was, it was a class thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we did. We did find a naughty magazine. Who did? My sister and I was. Oh no. So no, but we dealt with it in what I think was a very responsible way. We put it in a hedge for others. That's no. what we all did. <laughs> we in we decided to put on a play for my parents with the sole intention of exposing him. <laughs> oh, like and it's, it's like, like Hamlet. Hamlet. Exactly. Yeah, really? Exactly. And then we incorporated this magazine into the play. Wow. And then we watched his face. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we rolled. You're joking. No. <laughs> and we watched my mum's face. It is exactly like it's Hamlet. It's just like Hamlet. <laughs> that is <laughs> what was the storyline? <laughs> it was about a businessman <laughs> going into a shop to buy something and opening his briefcase and a, and a naughty magazine fell out. And do you think he got the reference? Oh, he got it, my friend. <laughs> Did he storm out after it? <laughs> no, he left it another year. Oh, OK. <laughs> God, he's a, it was a slow burner, wasn't it, that play? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm, uh, no, I'm with my parents. It was one of those... As the old joke says, they didn't know I drank till I came home sober one night. <laughs> it was a bit like that. So what else? Oh, we've had, have we had any uh, contact from the outside We world? have. We've had an email in, actually. An right? email? Yes. Well, is it Gareth's mum? No. <laughs> this is from someone called Yemi. 
Y E M E. Hi, Frank, Gareth, and Emily. Could be Yeem. Yeem. Possibly. Yeem. What was the comment Frank said at the end of the show? Tina, get me the axe. I know occasionally you like to move away from the usual good day to you, Frank, which is fine. However, I'm guessing it's something I wouldn't know because I'm too young, being only 16. So I'd really appreciate it if you could enlighten me and perhaps the rest of your teenage listeners. Well, uh, I think I have explained. Anyway, it's, it's Tina Bring Me the Axe, mm. to be precise. And it, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a biopic about Joan Crawford, the actress, called uh, Mommy Dearest. And uh, I think it's when she gets adopted by the film studio and she has this very beautiful garden at home and she goes home and she tears up in a mad frenzy. Mm. She tears up and the, the daughter's crying and she's ripping all the flowers out the ground. And there's one tree... And then she says, Tina, bring me the axe. And the girl has to go and get the axe and she chopped. If only JLS had done mm. something like this at the Chelsea Flower Show. <laughs> <laughs> they would have won me over, but, but no, it's, going it's, to be, it's very going marvellous. There's be a full um, reading list and filmography on the website for the listeners to be able to yeah. get all the references. For I, the think, I think that's a good idea. But I was ta- when I was talking to Ray, my dresser, at the Pygmalion opening this week, um, do you know the Pygmalion opening? It's a, it's a, it's a sort of a, an abyss in uh, Thailand. Um, no, and we were uh, we were talking. And he said he's, he's been working with Matthew Perry, and he said what a what a oh. lovely what a lovely bloke he was, really mm. lovely bloke. And you want it's a nice thing to hear about a celebrity, but in a way, I like to hear of them when they're absolute monsters. Do you know that? Oh, uh, good. Those, I've got lots of stories. Those are the best. <laughs> yeah, maybe not on air, <laughs> but Joan Crawford was, uh, you know. Worth seeing that film because she was um, she was a proper old fashioned monster star. Mm. She wasn't frightened to get the coat hanger out if the children were naughty. No, no wire hangers. <laughs> no, she didn't like wire. No, she could turn. <laughs> and we've had some more texts in as well, Frank. Mm. Just regarding celebrity sightings, I saw Cliff Richard at A and E, St Peter's Hospital. He'd hurt his finger playing tennis. That's seven eight zero. Well, if you, I mean, you imagine that's a, a regular thing. With he plays a lot of tennis, doesn't he? Isn't he being a, He could have been a professional tennis player. I understand, Cliff Richard. Yeah, well, he still could. I believe his age is going backwards now. <laughs> I've I've I've, uh, I've met Cliff, of course. Have you? Very slim. I mean, really slim. <laughs> hmm. Snake hipped. I mean, yeah, beyond snake snake hipped. Um, I'd say the belt. <laughs> You could see from the sort of rough edge to the belt holes that he'd had to put in his own holes. <laughs> <laughs> he'd bought a belt, probably a child's belt, still. It just hung on him. Oh, he'd had to, he'd had to make, uh, gouge out a Swiss Army hole. Well, he looked, I, I imagine that what Cliff had done, he'd gone out into, uh, I, I, onto his balcony with, um, with a hammer and a nail, and he'd, he'd maybe put something... <laughs> I, I imagine he's he's been prepared to sacrifice um, uh, a chopping board, and he'd think, "Well, I can always get another chopping board. I need a belt. I don't know what you know. If my trousers fall down, and everything will be, people will know." Um, and uh, he's gone out there with the hammer and nail, and he's put down. He's got that, and he's, and he's thought, "No, I'm, I'm going to have to go a little further." And he's put because I could see the I could see an unused ragged hole, right. which would which he'd you know unless he'd lost more weight, I don't know. He's, I imagine now he's, he's virtually vapour, Cliff, he's so thin. <laughs> but a great man, and uh, I'm a particular fan of uh, travelling light, and nobody knows about that more than he does. I think he weighs about four pounds. <laughs> I don't know if he weighs anything. I think he might have gone into minus. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Mum? 
Bradford and Son's Little Lion Man, <laughs> and they're blotted out swearing. Well, does they think that makes them rebellious and edgy because they've got a uh, is up this time? <laughs> Stupid rubbish. Right. Sorry, uh, I, I, I don't mean. Can't say that. I don't mean they're, they're you know, you essence. I mean just that particular thing that they could have said. Um, you know, flipping made a terrible mistake. Yeah, th- this time. Th- yeah. Flipping. It's not grain chill in the eighties. <laughs> well, for me, it'll always be uh, grain chill in the eighties. Roland. <laughs> I tell you what. Speaking of. Um, um, television. I was watching. Uh, I was just flicking around. It was lunchtime. You know, you want you want something on, mm. and uh, they had some old uh, clips of the Newport Folk Festival. You know, and I imagined I'd be watching uh, Bob Dylan, Joan Baez. Mm. Um, it was seventy this week, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. If you're listening, Bob, <laughs> um, you'll get it. Uh, and anyway, country dancers came on. Young people, check shirts, did this fabulous country dance while the old fiddler played. And I thought, isn't there something? I honestly was, I was, there was a tear in my eye. Because oh. I thought, isn't there something marvellous about human beings? Young people like this would take time out to, to learn country dancing. Quite an elaborate step. Just, oh. just, isn't that? You know, you know when you're a wrong person and someone says, "Hey, do you want to come over to Fergus's on Saturday? We're going to uh, take some meow meow." <laughs> and you say, "No, I can't. That's my country dancing night. <laughs> that's my person. That's the future of civilization. That person is going country dancing." You know, we should hobbies get a bad name, but I think we should all embrace hobbies unusual things that we do with our life you're good at hobbies frank as well i love a hobby you've done ice skating you had the dark there were other dancing horse riding i did horse riding yeah i did that combine the two (laughs) well i mean it could barely stand um yeah i did um salsa tango yeah drawing well Drawing. I'm one of the few people. <laughs> drawing. Uh, drawing. I did drawing lessons. Drawing to, lessons. Did I had you do to, sums lessons as well. I had to quit drawing uh, lessons because I picked up a back injury. It's true. I think he'd um, a smaller pencil. Yeah. Well, I think it, the way he'd set the easel, I was slightly arched. Oh. And um, after about two hours of drawing this table on a chair for about four weeks, I um. <laughs> I started to have terrible pains and it put me right off. So uh, I'd love to. Wouldn't you love to be a marvellous? Anyway, mm. I'm uh, I'm thinking um, Morris dancing is my next. Oh, is it? Yeah, I've, I, you know, I, my part of my life is a, a search for the ultimate on cool thing to do. Mm. And I think, although it's got, it's got a kind of an old fertility. You know, you see some of these Morris dancers mm. that just have, the, you know, the bells on and stuff. But some of them wear like antlers and mm. paint their faces a sort of real fertility, sort of wicker man feel. Mm. That's the kind of thing I'm after. Yeah, see, how, how would you define a hobby? Because it's something you do. It's, it's just... a small creature with hairy feet <laughs> that lives in the Middle Earth. Sorry, these headphones, they're not good. It's something you do, I think, just for <laughs> spiritual growth, essentially, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is a very noble fun. thing. But people that just want to drink now, you know. It's people who stand in the pub listening to their mates tell them the same thing they've heard a, a million times while someone just down the road is learning the theremin. Mm-hmm. I know who I'd rather be with. <laughs> <laughs> See, Gareth strikes me as a hobby type, Frank. Really? Mm. Well, I always think 
do you not have to be committed to a hobby? Can you do a hobby for a bit and then do another hobby? You have to be committed. That's <laughs> wicker work you're thinking of. <laughs> no, yeah, you have to be committed, of course. Because mm, I've I haven't got the staying power. Like I collected stamps for a while and mm. just got bored of it. They're just ones that came through the letterbox. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love, I've done that. You've got to find the right hobby, obviously. Historical dolls I collected. Did ru- you? Rubbers. I had four hundred. And I collected... 400 rubbers? Yes. And <laughs> historical dolls. That's uh, that's brilliant. What historical... Did you have Eric Bloodaxe? No. <laughs> the action figure? I have Bloodwin Pig. Bloodwin Pig? Mm. I'm surprised they qualify. <laughs> I'd love to know what hobbies, you know, obscure hobbies our listeners have. I bet there's some crackers. I bet oh, there's yeah. sort of people who, you know, build Samoan kayaks <laughs> on a Tuesday night. I bet there is. It's that kind of crowd is what I'm sensing. Speaking of which, the next song is called Noah's Ark. (laughs) When I I choose a song for the show, I often write myself a little note, and sometimes it'll be stuff like Velvet Underground meets Talking Heads and stuff like that. And when I did the one for this band, The Shoots, I wrote down um, Beach Boys meets The Beach Boys. During the week we had an email from Robin. Um, he said, Hi team, um, Peter the Wild, friend of the show, has been in the news. I regularly listen to the Witness podcast from the BBC. Can I, can I just stop you there? We should explain to new listeners that Peter <laughs> the Wild was a, a boy who... What do they call him? The Boy Savage. Mm. He was found um, and he was... Uh, he was uh, In a German forest. In a German forest he was found. And he was... Uh, was it George the First who kept him so, as a yeah. sort of pet on a, yeah. on a leash? It's a terrible story. But one that we've spoken about probably 20 times on this show. <laughs> so he said he um, listened to the Witness podcast, which is a great podcast of little stories about history as told by people who were there, like interviews and letters and diaries. Yeah. Last Thursday, their show was about Peter the Wild. Wow. Apparently, when he was captured by a gang of villagers in Germany... <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it already. <laughs> Peter the Wild really is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the villagers say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before before going to England, he didn't walk upright, but crawled like an animal. He's a character, no <laughs> mistake. <laughs> of course, I envy him in, in, in one respect, because, I, as I've said before on this show, I have no sense of direction whatsoever, and a psychologist who I met at a party told me that's because I didn't crawl. Is that right? Yeah, that, that some babies, they, they're sitting, and one day they think, oh, I'll try walking, and they just walk, they never go to the crawling stage. Mm. I asked my sister if she could remember, mm. and she said, I said, did I crawl? She said, well, only when you were drinking. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I just rose up. I, you know, oh. I, I, I went straight to biped. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's why I have no that's sense of direction. That's why you have a poor sense of direction. So that means crawling. I, oh, man, I'd, he'd make a great uh, passenger in the car. Yeah. You know, if you got if you got in a bit of a snarl up, you'd know all the rat runs. <laughs> Good old. Uh... Oh, I love Peace of the Wild. <laughs> no, I I do too. Frank on radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. That was um, Elbow with open arms. I went to see them this week with Absolute Radio. Yeah, I was invited. Mm. Enough said. I um. The odd thing, of course, is when you've got open arms, your elbows are, are mm, probably at their most hidden. Mm. Yeah. It was actually weird. a lovely evening. I bonded with Adrian Hyatt. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Not in a creepy way. No. We just had I, a nice I, chat in the crypt. I never said... Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah he's, he's a crypt kind of guy. <laughs> 
Uh, Frank, we were talking about hobbies, and we've had a text in from Rowan in Pool saying... Hi, Rowan in Pool certainly is a hobby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Frank and team. My unusual hobby is collecting sick bags on planes. Lovely. That's Ronnie Woods as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I saw or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a fab- I can see how that would work. You know, the various airlines mm. and, and well, stuff. Rowan says, I started in 1998 when I went travelling. I've got a couple of dozen and my prized asset is one from Leo Aviation, a flight I feel fortunate to survive. It's a paper bag lined with plastic bag and rather nice logo printed on it. Oh, well, that's good. I wonder if he's had a hole punch in it and, keep, and keeps them in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a lever arch. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're just, you know, in a, in a, in a, yeah. in a bag. I think they're more valuable if they haven't got holes punched in them. I think you're probably right. Mm. And <laughs> we all are, let's Practi- face it. Practically useful. Um, so, in the, it was big news this week. Big the, news? These, Cheryl these Breaking news. Cheryl Cole, um, No. Um, it's in the sun. Big. I mean, the the stuff on... It's about Hitler. Okay. So a lot of breaking news about the, Hitler. Not the slow burner. Keeps coming out. <laughs> yeah. Keeps it's true, he's in the papers every week, Hitler. I, I don't know who does his PR, but they are red hot. <laughs> really good. You don't think it's you know who? What? Goebbels. No, Max Clifford. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't be surprised if I had connections, I must say. So what's he been up to this time, old? Uh... So, you know, we know he was a fan of dogs. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um... And but apparently he believed that they could be trained to become part of the army. His plan was for dogs to dark to guard all the camps and stuff. I think the idea of dogs as in a guarding capacity <laughs> is not it's not that radical, is it? <laughs> no, but he really trained them quite to quite a high level. He did. Yeah. Well, well apparently he had them trained. Yeah, he I was going to say he was a bit busy, wasn't he? Bossy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he set up a school to train dogs to talk. Hold it now, hold it, you've yeah. moved on a stage. <laughs> I thought they were guarding, they're, they're talking No, now. they were they talking. Talk. Yes, um, star That's pupil ridiculous. was um, an Airedale terrier called Rolf. He could tap out letters of the alphabet with his paws Yeah, right. and was said to have speculated about religion and learnt poetry. I'll get lost. <laughs> he yeah. speculated about... Did Shep speculate often? Um, so in my experience, was... dogs tend to sleep and just defecate, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> defecate rather than speculate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, that, that's absolute. I mean, maybe dog. I don't know. Maybe Shep could talk, and he, I don't. You know, I don't know German. Maybe he was talking German. Yeah, maybe means Deutschland, Deutschland über alles. Well, one dog. Do they wear Nazi armbands? Actually, there'd be leg bands on a dog. Nazi leg band does sound as hard to keep on. Mm. Do they have elbows? They have those little, those little nodules little, little. that could pass as an elbow in a close-up. Um, I think they're What more is nodules. this mystery feature <laughs> um, photograph? Apparently, one of the dogs was heard to bark, "Hungry, give me cakes" in German. <laughs> which I don't know what use what? that would be in military strategy. That's stolen what? Joe Brand's act. <laughs> That's what? it. You teach these things to talk. They've got no morals. That's the trouble with them. <laughs> Apparently, also um, they were going to. Um, have a whole range of dogs they taught to fly a whole it's going to be called the Luftwaffe <laughs> oh. did we g- have you made this whole story up <laughs> <laughs> that is true no and actually I knew because I did I looked it up on the Son website did you? When you when, yeah when you mentioned it and I took one of the reader's quotes a guy called Dalek Buster 523 oh, and he, he said nice. the only thing this proves is that Hitler must have been a complete weirdo <laughs> Well, that, that's, that settles that. 
I think the, the jury's been out, but I think that, you know, that's, that's put the last nail in his coffin. Not that he had a coffin, I think he had an ashtray. <laughs> anyway, um, you'll be able to uh, listen to uh, Not The Weekend podcast, because it'll be available from Wednesday to download, and that's a completely separate show that we do in a sort of crazy laid-back... Um, Three people in a submarine type of a feel to that. Mm. Uh, ben Jones is coming up next. Um, it's Thank you very much for listening. We love you all. I'm not doing much tonight. Just going to Wembley to the Champions League um, final with David Baddiel. You know how it is. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And, um, oh, and uh, Tina, bring me the axe, would you? We only have this excerpt. This is Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio.